0: hear something no Hmm. did i i don't know
1: and with that it is simpsons time woohoo i'm joined by nate the k hello or just nate k i mean whichever you prefer people call you the or they just call you nate k it's it's fine um We are here to, on a very, very special Simpsons time, discuss one of the gems from Season 7, which, in my opinion, really has no bad episodes at all. Uh, But this is definitely one of the more eye-catching, cool ones. Radioactive Man. Yay! Indeed. Um, It is episode number one thirty. So, you know, squarely past the century mark. Um, And gosh, it aired just about 20 years ago, September 1995. Um, It was written by John Swartzwelder, who brings his unique stamp uh, to a lot of the ridiculous sight gags um, of which there are lots and lots in this episode and it was directed by the great Susie Dieter who is a really cool director one of my favorites um yeah impressions just right off the bat about radioactive man
0: um I I think it's there's like this um from the minute that you are introduced to the studio executives there's this cynicism towards Hollywood that is just unrelenting throughout the entire episode. And the more I watch it, the more I see how, how it's, it's almost like you, you can feel the writers and the producers and and just that, that, that tension that exists in show business just bubbling over, I think.
1: Yeah, that is true. It takes as jaundiced an eye as possible to um, the entire film industry uh And especially so at the very end, when they do that bitterly ironic thing right. of welcoming the studio execs back to Hollywood after their production failed, I love that. I find that just just so biting, um, you know, just showing the exact opposite of what would happen.
0: I can remember watching that when it premiered and thinking how that was like, up to that point in my life, that was like one of the most brilliant things that i had ever seen on television i was like wow the the irony on display there the, <laughs> it would just blew my mind it's like you know to have this juxtaposition of this extremely tender song up against like hollywood opulence and, and the commentary and i was just like wow what, yeah. what the things that can be done
1: fantastic yeah. um what did you think of mickey rooney
0: uh at the time or in general
1: just, yeah, yeah in mean, general. Oh, well,
0: I mean, I think it's brilliant of him to be able to, to laugh at himself to that degree. I mean, I think probably at the time I was like, Mickey Rooney. I think that my parents know who that is. Yeah, right. But
1: what, I, what? Andy Rooney? What? Right.
0: <laughs> like... But it's fantastic that he that he was willing to have such a sense of humor about himself and then the business. And he gives such a great speech at the end there, too, when he sort of lectures Springfield. Yeah, right. On, about on, taking on the, these on the poor innocent folk people. from Hollywood yeah. and how and they took him for a ride.
1: Um, I love the way Millhouse is sort of duded it up to be fallout boy too the The whole hairstyle that they give him with the pompadour yeah. and stuff he's sort of never looked cooler um I guess just real quickly to run down the plot, uh Radioactive man is a popular comic book character that um Of course, comic book guy has a lot of knowledge of and is the hero of Bart and Milhouse. And so when comic book guy tells them that they're going to be making a Radioactive Man movie, they're over the moon. They're like so excited about it. Um, And then to make matters even better, the Radioactive Man action movie has decided to film in Springfield and cast... Uh, radioactive man's sidekick fallout boy from among the kids in Springfield Um, Bart is like dying to get the part uh, but they give it to Milhouse instead and the whole rest of the episode is about uh, Bart's jealousy of him and also uh, Milhouse really hating being an actor you know like being thrust into this incredibly prestigious place he just can't stand it um, you know along with all of the great jokes about Hollywood and how these shitty action movies are made and how they should not be made or you know should be made so yeah and uh, with a very good turn by Rainier Wolfcastle I think this is really it represents a big plateau uh, for you know he's ascending to a new plateau as a Simpsons character here yeah, I don't know. What's your favorite Rainier Wolfcastle moment?
0: I mean, without question. And I was and I and it was confirmed for me like I was like I've thought this line is funny for for 20 years now and Matt Groening also in the director's commentary says that it's fa- his favorite line when they're shooting the scene with the acid coming towards him and Milhouse is supposed to come save the day, which is a preposterous idea that like this actor needs to be there. Yeah, right,
1: and they didn't check first. Right, and they didn't
0: didn't check to make sure that everything was gonna work. And then he he puts on his goggles and the acid washes over him and he goes, my eyes, the goggles do nothing. It's so funny. The best.
1: (laughs) Like why is it so great, and that little yeah, like, why <laughs> that little like... deadpan moment where he puts he just, the gla- the goggles just, on at the last moment just
0: gets ready for it and... <laughs> like while he's bound <laughs> right
1: <laughs> it's never not funny, and that yeah, that's something that for twenty years, I've heard people say to me, I've said to other
0: people yeah, it's I don't know, yeah, but it's a like you just said, why is it so funny? <laughs>
1: I, it's got something to do with his accent, you know, and the fact that he's Arnold,
0: Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know. Um, or, or the assumption that goggles would do anything. That he expected them to do something, but they failed. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, he's, I mean, he really sort of skyrocketed into, like, catapulted straight into our hearts with that line.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: all over the world. Uh, there's also the great sight gag when uh, he's holding up the van, like the giant van that was crushing Fallout Boy and, you know, uh, shooting an X-ray at his head. Um, when they yell, cut, this great thing happens where uh, he just lets go of the van and scratches his head <laughs> and then puts his hand back on it. It's just its so subtle and great.
0: That was one of the things that they talked a lot about in the director's commentary of this episode that there's a lot of visual and like physical humor. Yeah. And and they attribute the director, what's her name again? Susie Dieter. Right. And like her ability to sort of make that happen.
1: Yeah. I mean, she's just a genius for doing stuff like the acid scene and, you know, all of these unusual things that don't happen in the normal Springfield universe because they're shooting an action movie, you know, to make it look like. Not really an action movie, but like the behind-the-scenes of an action movie right. must be really hard to do.
0: Well, there's the the great um, the Teamsters oh, scene. One of my favorite which is moments. Pure physical comedy at that point, but it's like it's all animated, and she's getting the right grunts out of her people. Uh-huh. And
1: I love that. I love how long that lasts. You know, when they're having their relaxing competition, yeah, Homer like versus yeah, versus the Teamsters. It goes on, like, just slightly too long, and that's what I love about it. You just have to assume that they're going to be doing that for an hour. <laughs> you know, just, like, all going, Aah! like, hyperbolically yawning. Um, she actually also directed the episode where Skinner and Krabappel get together. Uh, which I love for that great scene with the uh, the light going through mm. the colander. Oh right, That's that wonderful. was just that was another just genius turn of hers. Um, and the writer is John Swartzwelder, who I would say is perfect for pretty much any Simpsons script. But you know, he has a lot of very funny gags. We don't know for sure like which gag is whose in any Simpsons script because everything is written by a room. Um, But Schwarzwelder is one of the ones that they say turns in pretty finished scripts that they don't have to do much to. Um, And I have heard it said that uh, sight gags like the air conditioning sucking up the the kids' hats, like that's a very Schwarzweldean thing. Um, I'm sure he had a hand in the Little Rascals flashback. Right, Uh, that turns out to be i I forgot all about that yeah that's a
0: great little sort of sub narrative to this the the mo as a as a former little rascal
1: the fact that mo had a a whole acting career yeah i love that um and that's i mean that's just so well done visually too but i can imagine that sports probably had fun with that because he likes old-timey stuff right um
0: What's the line? William Faulkner could write an exhaust pipe gag that could really make you think.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I think they cut out a scene that actually had William Faulkner in the director's chair, which is too bad. I would have loved to see that. Um, Krusty as the uh, scientist character. (laughs) Thoughts on that?
0: Well, uh, I you know I, I I watched this recently with the director's commentary, and I can't get this one comment out of my head that well, he he brings the producer these headshots of him in all these different roles as <laughs> actors apparently will do. Like this is what I would look like if I was a, a policeman or something. Yeah, but yeah. he's still Krusty the Clown in every single <laughs> right. One he of still them. has the same like hair. And, right.
1: Yeah, that's I have seen headshots like that that are like composites of right. all the different facial expressions or costumes that somebody can have and it's just it's so lame like, yeah
0: it's really silly um so i
1: loved that they sent that
0: up and that they bought it too that they that they were that 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 they thought he was perfect for it yeah know? yeah and yeah like, you got it
1: yeah that one <laughs> right after the goggles do nothing <laughs> you see
0: I, just, I need to talk to somebody about this coffee. Yeah,
1: and he's in his scientist outfit for the, and that's the only time you see it, and it's so great. There's like a pink bow tie involved, like it's just so ridiculous. Um. Uh, thoughts about the band Fallout Boy?
0: Uh they're not for me.
1: <laughs> not for me either. Yeah, I have I mean, to say. Yeah, I mean, you
0: know, if that's you know, I mean, I'm sure they're they probably have more fans than all the bands that I love combined, but, um, and I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not, I'm not even sure if they chose that name.
1: Yeah. I'm given to understand that somebody else chose that name, actually one of their fans and they have come to regret that name. And that kind of, to me, says it all. Like if somebody is gonna have misgivings about a Simpsons name, then, I mean, yeah. no wonder it's not my kind of band. Right. Right.
0: <laughs> like, yeah. Or, or yeah. I mean, I, I, like I, like knowing that that they didn't choose it themselves and that they have misgivings takes whatever appreciation inkling of that I might have had for them and just gets rid of it. Yes. Because right. Because it's, yeah, it's like, well, at the very least, I could say, well, they're big Simpsons fans, and that's kind of cool. Yeah. It's like, no, they're, they're not. not even that big <laughs> <Yeah>. Simpsons fans.
1: <laughs> So yeah, it's convenient that way. You can just uh, yeah, yeah. have a clear conscience. Um, at you know, and by contrast, there are bands like Oakley Dokeley, <laughs> whose whole shtick is Simpsons-related. Which
0: is are they the Ramones one?
1: No, they are.
0: Uh, are they the, like the, a black oh, they're metal, the metal band? band, That's and they. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's O'Killy, O'Killy, nice, nice, nice. you know, and they all dressed up as Flanders. And, oh, right, with sweaters. And with right, sweaters, right, right. you know, the same colors and mustaches. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I love this uh, post-Simpsons world that oh, we're yeah. living in, you know, where Simpsons commentary just sort of bends in on itself infinitely, right. like fractals, like we... Look at us! We're here discussing the DVD comment. We're doing a right, commentary right, right. about the DVD commentary right. no, on a Simpsons true. episode. It's so down the rabbit hole, and I love it. I feel like it could just go on forever. Um, and I guess Radioactive Man, the episode, is kind of like that. You know, it uh, it takes something that was such a small part of the Simpsons universe, and it writes it large, right. kind of.
0: And then, of course, the Simpsons. In the real world, the the product that is The Simpsons, they have a radioactive man comic book that you can actually purchase. That's right, yes. Yeah,
1: yeah I, what other jokes are there that I love? I love, um, Marge, do you have other men in this house, radioactive <laughs> men?
0: <laughs> well, Homer himself is, is most likely radioactive on some level from all the exposure to... Um, at the nuclear power plant. Yeah,
1: yeah. So he's the real. He, he really is a radioactive man.
0: I think that the very brief um, arc of Bart having to um, try to grow an inch—it's like, basically three quick scenes, but uh-huh. it's so brilliant. It's and, like, so zany. The yeah. first one when he has the cat and the dog try to like elongate him, yeah. and the thing yeah. that always—the thing that I always note about that is that like. The cat and the dog do equal work in in uh, stretching him, I, and the, there's that, no way that Snowball Two can can do
1: that. I know Snowball Two is like the strongest yeah. cat in the universe, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's just so absurd and great the way that's drawn that <laughs> they do equal work and they're both, right. you know, walking. Uh, and, and going nowhere. It's and then there's really he,
0: there's that attempt and then there's when he kind of like reinvents himself as this like gigolo with like the, uh, <laughs> with chihuahua and the chihuahua and the weird striped suit and the platform shoes.
1: I love that. That is sort of a slightly different chihuahua. I always uh, pay attention to little animals
0: oh, that. Because there is a chihuahua like in there? Yeah, there's,
1: um, in Bart's Comet, they talk about how uh, the comet is going to come to Earth and be just the size of a chihuahua's head. Oh, right. And then when they actually show it, there's a chihuahua there for for comparison. Right, right. And you see the chihuahua again a couple times more. Like oh, okay, he, but that's
0: not the, but that's not it's the chihuahua. It's not the same oh, okay. one because he
1: doesn't have the same, like, sort of uh, pathetically giant head right, right. to his body. It, it's a similar design, but I don't think it's the same one. Um, but, yeah, that... Uh, is just so funny i i'm looking right now online at uh, an image of Bart with his hair sort of combed to make him look taller right, right. like the spikes are taller um, and he has this like you say like weird pimp outfit <laughs> right, right. you know like uh vertical stripes in purple and
0: blue oh right, vertical stripes that that makes sense now too because they're supposed to make you look taller yeah. so he just goes like everything he can do all in one. <laughs> But he also, he grew a half an inch, too, which, as Marge points out, is pretty good. It's still pretty good, yeah. <laughs>
1: like, if he had waited just one more day, then maybe he could have gotten the part. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess the last thing I want to say is I love that um, that shot that looks like the like one of the panels from a from a comic book uh when millhouse is running away and you see like uh
0: up the hill yeah
1: you see the power plant in the background he's at the top of the hill and he's sort of dramatically looking behind him in his costume um it's great yeah it's like a really cool little reference um and you only see it for a second but it's uh it made an impression on me I don't know. Is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you want to Oh, boy. Address? Let me think.
0: Um, I like um getting back to my original observation about the show in terms of this just being like, you know, them just sort of going at Hollywood and the business of Hollywood. When they're in the boardroom and they're discussing who should play um, – radioactive man uh-huh. and there's like an old executive who insists that it should be uh Dirk Richter uh, yeah. and and the other guy's like I told you he's 72 years old and he's dead yeah yeah <laughs> just to follow dead with 72 was, was right, right. Great no, number
1: one he's old number two he's dead <laughs> right, right. um and then oh I'm so glad you brought that up because that oh, reminds me the of 60s, the Batman right? se- sequence yeah um you, it even has Paul Lind. I know. Even, the, that, it's fantastic. That was just a brilliant move. Um, and oh, actually, and then, I didn't get it when I first. I'm sorry. We oh moved? no,
0: I was just gonna say the, the um, you know the like the Batman, um, the sort of the animated pow, Zing Poop. Right. The word. There's all these sort of little out, inside yeah. jokes, and like Bort is one of yes, them. Yes,
1: that's right. <laughs> Bort and snuh.
0: which is Marge's. Um,
1: Marge's uh, acronym a, right. when she was. Protesting at parents, yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) Snaw, it's really good. Uh, Yeah, and I didn't get it when I first saw it in 1995 because I had never seen the original Batman then. Yeah, I mean, I knew that there was a thing that had been televised where words would uh, appear like that, and I just, I sort of like vaguely. Well, that's fine. I actually
0: grew up watching it when I was a kid. Not obviously the original, but it was like syndicated when I was a kid. So I. I definitely got that reference. I don't think I knew who Paul Lind was when yeah. I was. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I knew him but, as. But
0: I do now. Oh, boy, do I ever He's now. He's the best.
1: I knew Center his square. voice because he, um, he did a voice for the the movie of Charlotte's Web.
0: Oh, you're right. That's right. Charlotte. Yeah. Um, right, of course.
1: My teeth, the cotton candy sticking to my teeth. He's the rat. Right, yeah. right. Um, <laughs> which is a weird way, I guess, to. Uh, be introduced to the world of Paul Lind, but whatever gets you there. Um, wow. What a great episode. Indeed. It's just amazing. Um, this has been Simpsons time. Nate, thank you for joining me today. Thanks it's for having me once with, again. I love it. Always better with another person. And uh, thanks for listening. you know how you turn a duck into a soul singer? Mm -hmm. Just put it in the oven and it's Bill Withers. It's Bill Withers. Thanks for listening to our treatment of the episode Radioactive Man here on Simpsons Time Through the Debigulator. Thanks again to Nate Kay for being a guest on my program two years ago. We noted that uh, it first aired in 1995, and at the time when we were talking, that was 20 years later, and I can't believe that it has now been two years since we talked about it. I mean, talk about commentary bending in on itself, this is like a perfect example of that. Uh, yes, I do know that Templeton the Rat was uh, complaining about the spider web being worse than caramel candy. Um, and I am also really glad that we were able to talk a little bit about Batman during this time of uh, mourning for Adam West, who is really, really one of the more important pop culture figures. That uh, influenced us all. And I'd say even underrated. Like he was really that important. I'll talk to you next week with another outro after the conclusion, or upon the conclusion of Simpsons Time through the Debigulator. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Bye.